Matthew 28, beginning at verse 1, says this. Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. His countenance was like lightning and his clothing was as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know that you seek Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, Come, see the place where the Lord lay. And go quickly and tell the disciples that he is risen from the dead. And indeed, he is going before you into Galilee. There you will see him. Behold, I have told you. I don't know what kind of Easter Sunday you would have if you'd been there with the disciples and with the ladies running to the tomb to treat the body. But they'd gone from Palm Sunday just last week, celebrating Jesus coming into Jerusalem and celebrating and shouting Hosanna. And then he'd been tried, then he'd been accused, then he'd been crucified. What a roller coaster ride. What an incredible week. Gone from the highs of Palm Sunday to the lows of Good Friday. And we know what a roller coaster ride can be. We've all been on roller coaster rides. I don't mean roller coaster rides as in the thrill of sitting on a roller coaster. I mean the roller coaster of emotions, of good things and bad things happening, of promises not being fulfilled, of stuff not happening that we expected to happen, of ending up somewhere you didn't expect to be. So we can relate in some way to the disciples. We can relate in some way to Mary as she went, as they went. And I don't know, my heart would have been heavy, I guess, because I was going to deal with my teacher's body and prepare him. And yet, when we get there, there's an angel sitting at our, I don't know, the last time you saw an angel, or if you've ever seen an angel. But do you know what? He would have been different. He would have been different. They were a little fearful. Sitting there on this stone, they go in to see and his body's not there. The angel says he's not here, for he has risen. Come see the place. Now, he didn't just tell them. He said, come and let me show you. I don't know what you'd have been like, but to be honest, just one person, even if it was, I don't know how big the angel would be. Let's say 10 feet. If Even if it was a 10-foot angel, I'd still want to say, but I have to see. And the angel said, come and see. Come and see where his body was laid. He is no longer there. The grave clothes were still there, cast off, cast aside. Now go and tell others. So where we go from is this place of incredible loss, this incredible place of incredible sadness. Our saviour, our teacher, who promised so much, who'd ridden into Jerusalem on a donkey, and declared, King of kings, Lord of lords. And he come. And then he'd been accused. And then the crowds had said, crucify him. Rather than just another thief. And he was crucified. What a painful day Good Friday must have been. 
I don't know if I'd have slept most of this weekend if that had happened. I'd have been either crying or awake, wondering if there's something I could have done and thinking about, well, what does this mean? And it all leads to these moments. It all leads to these moments when the disciples, when Mary and Mary, Martha, others come and there is this empty tomb. He is risen. He is not dead. His body is no longer here. The tomb is empty. In Luke, the same recollection of the same story goes on to say this. Beginning in Luke 24, beginning at verse 1. Now on the first day of the week, Very early in the morning, they and certain other women with them came to the tomb, bringing the spices which they prepared. But they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. They went in and did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. And it happened that they were greatly perplexed about this. That behold, by them in shining garments. Then as they were afraid and bowed their faces to the earth, they said to them, why do you seek the living amongst the dead? He is not here, but he is risen. Remember how he spoke to you when he was still there in Galilee. They were afraid. And then the angel says, why do you seek the living amongst the dead? Now something I think God would say to us this Easter Sunday is why do we seek life amongst death? Why do we seek life in things that are not living? Why do we seek, uh, the Bible talks about why do we seek uh, food that does not satisfy us? Why do we drink things that do not quench our thirst? It's so easy to look at the things of this world that will sustain us, but only for a short while. Things that are come and are gone. Things that are valuable. My my wife and I have just been uh, clearing out some stuff from the garage over the weekend. And we pulled out stuff that we thought was important and we put it away because it was important. You know, and the mice have got in some things and rust has got in other places. And, you know, things that we thought were important. We look at them now and think, no, only suitable for the tip. Let's take it to the tip when we, when we next are visiting. Things that we thought were valuable are no longer valuable. It can be true too about work. How many people have changed their jobs in life? And we've all changed our job at some point, haven't we? And it's a painful time when we change jobs. We kind of look back at the way things were and we're looking forward to change and thinking, oh, I'm not sure I'm going to like that. But you know, God is asking us to look forward into the future, into the potential of what God has for us. Let's not look for life amongst death. Let's not look for the living amongst the dead. And in the Gospel of John, it says this. Is that John? No, okay, I can put that up there. Okay.
In the Gospel of John, chapter 11, it says, It says, He is the way. He walks in the night and stumbles. Talks about Lazarus sleeping. And Jesus calls forth Lazarus from the dead. You know, Jesus went looking for Lazarus and called him forth. And called him forth. And there, the reason I, I wanted this scripture in the midst of the story this morning of what I'm sharing is I want to declare that there is resurrection life. There is resurrection life. And going on from verse 17, it says this. So then when Jesus came, he found that he had already been in the tomb four days. Now Bethany was near Jerusalem, about two miles away. And many of the Jews had joined the women around Martha and Mary to comfort them concerning their brother. Then Martha, as soon as she heard that Jesus was coming, went and met him. I know that he will rise again in the great resurrection on the last day. And Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. He who believes in me, though he may die, he shall live. And whoever lives and believes in me shall never die. I'm going to ask us the question that Jesus asked there. Do you believe this? Resurrection life. That which was dead can come to life again. And I, I believe that it's something that we need to trust God with. We need to trust God with that sense of resurrection life in our lives. And there's a hymn that I want to kind of dwell upon this morning. And it goes like this. Crown him with many crowns, the lamb upon his throne. Hark how the heavenly anthem drowns, all music but its own. Awake my soul and sing of him who died for you and me. And hail him as thy matchless king through all eternity. Now, do you know what? Um, when kings and queens are crowned, there's a coronation. And when they're crowned, the crowds come out and they line the roads. And as the kings and queens go to wherever they're enthroned and a crown is placed on their head, they're acknowledged as the king or queen of the country that they're in. And I, I just want us to look through this hymn today and just ask ourselves, are we crowning Jesus as our Lord, as our king? Let's go on to to verse 2 now as it says this and I ask you the question I ask myself the question crown him the Lord of love behold his hands his side why do we need to behold his hands his side because those are the evidence that he went to the cross it was where the spear was stuck in to make sure that he had truly died his rich wounds yet visible above in beauty glorified no angel in the sky can fully bear that sight but downward bend his wandering eye at mysteries so bright. Behold the Lord of love. 
This is the crux of our faith, that Jesus went to the cross because he loved us, because he loves us. He was willing to pay the price. He said on the cross, it is finished. The price has already been paid, church. You don't have to wonder whether the price has been paid. The price hasn't changed. The price is still the same. The price has been paid. But let's not just linger in death. But let's declare this third verse. Crown him the Lord of life. Who triumphed over the grave. Who rose victorious. For those he came to save. His glories now we sing. He died and rose on high. Who died. Why did he die? He died eternal life to bring. Eternal life. This is the beginning of the promise of eternal life. It's the first sign that there is eternal life. Because Jesus didn't just die. He rose again. Speaks of resurrection life. Now for those of us who have something that's not quite right with our body. A dodgy knee or a dodgy hip or something. You know, it's not for eternity. It's not for eternity. Last week we were drawing pictures of what heaven might be like. And some people drew pictures of no tears and no suffering. A new body. Crown him the Lord of life. This week of all weeks should be the week when we are so full of life. So full of promise. Because he triumphed over the grave. So we go from earth to love, to life, crown him the Lord of heaven. One with the Father known, one with the Spirit him given from yonder glorious throne. To thee be endless praise, for thou for us has died. Be thou, O Lord, through endless days adored and magnified. You know, this isn't just about a limited amount of time. David wrote in Psalms, we have a life of about three score years and ten. About 70 years. Our life on earth is limited. But you know, we have a promise that is eternal life. And he is the Lord of heaven too. And he promises the Holy Spirit. So even when Jesus left and ascended to heaven, even though he came and comforted his disciples and said, I am alive. Now go and tell others. And church, that's something I think we've got to hear this morning. Is now go and tell others. I don't think that necessarily means we need to stand on the corner of a street. But if that's what God calls you to do, great. But tell someone. Tell someone. And telling someone is so much easier today than it used to be. There's lots of ways we can do it. Juliet showed it. She, the video that I shared with you this morning of the two children, she'd already shared that with all of us, and we could share that with somebody else. We could pick up the phone, we can text. There's so many more ways we can be connected to others. But let's tell somebody. Let's tell someone. There's a promise that he's the Lord of heaven. And he sent his Holy Spirit to comfort us, to empower us, to strengthen us, and to enable us. And then the final verse goes on to say this. 
Crown him the Lord of years, the potentate of time, creator of the rolling spheres, ineffably sublime. All hail, Redeemer, hail, for you have died for me. Thy praise shall never, never fail throughout eternity. And we talked about eternity last Sunday as well, didn't we? Eternity that goes on and on and on and on. God, the creator who created this world, and I don't know whether you've seen pictures of the universe, but we keep on zooming in and zooming in and zooming in with these great big telescopes and seeing that there is more and there is more and there is more. And we're not coming to the end. And in fact, we're discovering more and more of God's creation, of God's universe. God is not limited. God is not limited. So when we say all hail, Redeemer, hail, we're saying welcome Jesus. Welcome Jesus, Son of God, the God who created the heavens and the earth. uh, Graham Kendrick in his song, From Heaven You Came, talks about hands that flung stars into space to cruel nails surrendered. That's just such a simple but powerful image. Hands that flung stars. Can you imagine having, I don't know whether you ever picked up glitter. This is the closest I can get to it. But a handful of stars or a handful of glitter and just thrown it up in the air and just seen the wonder. Now imagine instead of glitter or kind of silvery stars, they're real stars that hang there in the sky. Can you just imagine that sense uh, I don't know whether you've ever painted like this. I once had the privilege of going to an artist studio in, in Bristol when I was a student. And this artist painted through emotion. That's the way she talked. She, 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 I'm going to paint through emotion. And she'd get this paint and she'd have lots of paint and there'd be this canvas she'd put on the floor. And she, she, she'd have music playing and she'd walk around. and she, you know, You've seen it on the film. She, she just literally, you, you had to wear a boiler suit to paint with her. You know, the room was just covered, the walls were covered, paint went everywhere. And I remember having a go. And she said, just, just paint how you feel, Dave. And I didn't know how I felt with paint. Uh, all I could think about was getting dirty. That, that was my focus. But anyway, eventually I kind of... And there was just something very visceral about picking up a great big paint pot. I think purple was the one I tried first, if I remember rightly. I stuck this great big brush into this great big pot of paint. And then I just went... You know, and it went everywhere, on the walls, on the canvas. You know, the first one, I was, it was just like, it was just a flick. And then I thought, no, that, that feels good. And I had another go. And then I just got paint all over me. But do you know what? Hands that flung stars into space to cruel nails surrendered. That is the image I want to allow to settle on our spirits. That God, heaven touches earth in this moment where the hands that flung stars into space to cruel nails surrendered. He is the potentate of time, the, the author of time, the controller of time. He is Lord of all. My praise shall never, never fail. John talks about, in the book of Revelation, worshipping around the throne. Think about the best moment of worship you've ever had. Maybe you can remember those kind of things where you've been just lost in worship. 
And you probably said to yourself in that moment, this is just amazing. I never want to lose this moment. That's what heaven will be like. But not just for a few seconds, not just for a few minutes, but forever and ever and ever. Wow. Now, I don't know what your prayer life's like, but you know what? I'm sometimes frustrated that I run out of words. And that's what speaking in tongues helps me with, because sometimes there are words that I cannot find. There's a feeling I have within. There's something I want to pray for someone, but I don't have the utterance. I don't have the expression. And sometimes I just go, because that's how I feel about something. And I, I just know that God hears my prayer. He hears my cry. Because God wants us to speak to him about the things on our hearts. Now, if this Easter day is a day to remember those words, then he is the Lord of love. He is the Lord of life. He is the Lord of heaven. He is the Lord of years. He is risen. He is alive. So I wanted to play this song. I don't want us to sing it. I just want us to sit and listen to this hymn being sung. Um, as we sit and allow him to become Lord. Maybe there's something that you need to... Let's use this as a prayerful time. Let's use this as a prayerful moment. But let's just close our eyes. And I'd like you to think about some area, something where maybe he's not Lord. And as we play this hymn, let's allow him to become Lord of all the areas of our lives. Thank you. 
Crown him, crown him, crown him. Church, I, I want to close out my, what I want to share this morning with a challenge that says, are we willing to speak resurrection life to those around about us? Are we willing to speak to resurrection life even in our own circumstances? Let me just pause on the back of that beautiful hymn, on the back of those beautiful words. Just ask some questions with our heads bowed and eyes closed. Is there a place in our lives where death has crept in? 
Is there a place in our journey where death has taken hold? Is there a graveyard somewhere in our living? If your life was a room, if your life was a house, you'd have maybe you have different rooms, one for one for home, one for work, one for going out with friends. You know, sometimes those rooms, you open up the doors and they become blurred and sometimes they're all muddled up together. But you know what? Somewhere in most people's houses, there's a room that's shut and the door is pulled to. And it's a place we don't talk about and it's a place we don't go. And this Easter day, I want to go there. Allow the light of Christ in. Declare resurrection. And I'm going to ask you to stand if this is relevant to you as I, as I kind of now draw things to a close. If maybe there's a room in your house where there's a relationship that has died. It's a relationship that was precious, that has got broken in some way. And it's not what you sense it should be. You know it's not what God wants. And you just need fresh life in that relationship. So maybe it's nobody's fault. But the relationship has died. Or the relationship is dying. Would you stand right now? Because I'm going to declare, and I want us to declare, resurrection life and resurrection hope. That's one area, relationships. Two would be jobs. If you're in a job that you just feel is dying, or you're dying in your job, and you want to speak resurrection life to that circumstance, because you know sometimes God can change us in the midst. Sometimes the resurrection is about isn't about us moving out. It's about Jesus moving in. Sometimes resurrection is about us getting a fresh perspective on who we are and what we're called to do in where we are. I once worked in a place where I was, I was fed up with the job, if I'm honest. And I'd lost heart. And it showed. I wasn't a great testimony. Until God spoke to me and said, no, this is where you're called to right now, Dave. Get on and do what you're called to do. Okay, the job may not be exciting, it may not be thrilling, but there are other things that I've called you to do. And I sense that's true for others. That our job is dying, our, our sense of purpose in our job is dying. Maybe our sense of worth in ourselves sometimes. And I believe God wants to speak resurrection life into those. If that's you, stand please. I also believe that Jesus talks about healing. And sometimes our bodies stop working. I know there would be people in the room whose, whose nerves, maybe you, you don't sense something in certain fingers anymore. The nerves seem to have died or the connection seem to have broken or the synapses in our brains are no longer working. Somehow when you touch something, there's a numbness. Some, I just sense in my spirit, I don't know if somebody listening online that and someone who's stopped smelling. Someone who's definitely stopped hearing. And let's believe God wants to speak resurrection life. Because resurrection to a body changes everything. 
I'm sure when Lazarus rose from the dead, I, I, I expect he rose from the dead better than he died. If he had a limp when he died, then he rose without a limp. If he was deaf when he died, then he rose without deafness. And so if there's sickness in your body, if there's something that's just not functioning, would you stand? And finally, I want to talk to our relationship with God. You know, we have, all of us have some kind of relationship with God, but some days it's good and some days it's better and some days it's not so good. Well, maybe even in our relationship with God, there's a room where we won't go. Something we won't talk about. I just sense the Father wants to have a whispering conversation with us. Because we've got a wrong perspective on some of the things that we've been through. And he wants to give us a fresh perspective. He wants to resurrect our understanding. He wants to give us prophetic insight. Prophetic knowledge. To see as he sees. Because he sees the end from the beginning. He sees the top from the bottom. He sees the middle from the end. He's not constrained by time. He's not limited by our frail bodies. He can do miracles. He can do the impossible. And so, Father, I speak to these bodies that are broken, these fingers that do not work, these um, nerves that have become dull. I speak resurrection life in Jesus' name today, this day, in 2017. Father, to, to, to work and to our mission, to our call, I speak life again, fresh energy, fresh purpose, fresh knowledge, fresh insight, fresh passion for those around about us. Father, help us to get a grasp of the mission again that you've called us to. Father, help us to see beyond the dullness of counting money and doing paperwork and filling out forms and sitting at computers. Father, help us to see beyond that, to that which you've called us to do. Do you know, Lord, I know... And I, I just want to, I sense there's someone who just wonders about the purpose of a day. Do you know, I think Jesus, God reminds you today of moments in the past when you have, your whole day has been made satisfying by less than 30 seconds. Where someone has turned to you and said, thank you, you made my day. Thank you, you've helped me. Thank you that I now understand. Thank you for saying sorry. Thank you for speaking words of hope because I didn't have any when I came here. Thank you for showing love and showing care because I got up this morning wondering whether, what, whether, whether life was worth living. In those 30 seconds, your day was made. And every day can be made by those 30 seconds. Life is worth living. Work is worth doing. God has a calling for each of us. And where relationships and communication has broken down, Father, I pray for miraculous connection. I pray for a stirring in our own spirits. Lord, there are so many ways. We are more connected today than we've ever been. And yet there are more lonely people in the world. Father, stir our hearts to those you want us to connect with. Stir our hearts. Resurrect relationships. Resurrect it. Re bring resurrection through clarity, 
and healing and restoration, I pray. And so, Father, I want to declare over everyone standing, those listening online, those listening later, resurrection life is here. Jesus died, but he rose again. That is the centre of our faith, that Jesus not only died, there is not only a price that was paid, but Jesus conquered the impact of sin, the fear of death. There is the promise of an eternity with God for each one of us. And so I close out everything that I prayed this morning by asking this question. If you don't know Jesus, if you've been wondering what I've been talking about this morning, Jesus Christ went to the cross at Calvary thousands of years ago. He was the Son of God. He is the Son of God. He died and paid the price, the price that you and I cannot pay, and releases us from the debt with the promise of eternal life. So receive Jesus as your Saviour. Know the fullness and the promise. This Easter day, 2017. Amen. Amen. Church, and I just sense in my spirit that I want to encourage you to keep on speaking resurrection life. Keep on um, speaking to yourself. Rise up, O man of God. Rise up, O woman of God. Stand and be strong, be bold. What's the enemy of fear? I believe it to be faith. And therefore, fear is the enemy of faith. So consequently... When fear comes, when doubt comes, allow faith to arise. Just a couple of notices.